Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How good to be with you. I pray that all is well. Um, I think we have some music in the background. I'm not sure, but I love Ave Maria. I absolutely love it. And I will tell you that um, uh, the, um, the family of the producer at the Station of the Cross, um, Paco and his sister, uh, uh, Paco played the piano, his sister the violin, and the beautiful music you hear was uh, recorded by them. I, it was such a gift to me, and I absolutely love it. Um, but I'm, I love being with you, and I pray that you're well, and that you are considering ways that you can be in the world and not of it. And maybe with your family, at least come to one decision uh, per week. That's very slow, it seems. But if the decision, for example, is not going out to eat on Sunday, not going shopping on Sunday, simply withdrawing from the world on Sunday um, and having it as a day of rest, a day of worship. Now you say, what's wrong with baseball on Sunday, games? Nothing's wrong with it if it's a family uh, situation, but where parents have to be separated to drive their children, and um, maybe people in the stands, depending upon what it is, need to serve food or work. Um, it's it, it's a fine thing for gathering as a community if that's all it is, but if it's uh, professional and people are hired to work on Sunday, I would refrain from it. So let's begin to do that, beloved. Let's begin to withdraw from the world, not for the purpose of being absent from the world, but for the purpose of living as God's people and truly worshiping him on Sunday. And I, I cannot imagine if we all did that, that the, um, that the shopping malls would stay open. They used to be closed. They'd close again because they'd lose too much business. So that's what I pray for. Many things we could do to be witnesses in the world, but I think that's the first thing, so that we can help people to not work on Sunday and not make other people work to serve us in a retail store or a restaurant or an amusement park or anything else. So I would I, I suggest it's beloved, but I, I actually beg you, I, I mentioned uh, the Apostle Paul's words to the Romans last night, uh, yesterday morning, rather, that I, uh, he says, I beg you, I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living uh, and holy sacrifice, which is your spiritual service of worship. See, that's your service of worship. That's your calling. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what is the good and perfect will of God. The only way, beloved, to know the will of God for our lives 
is to do what he says. It's, I think, the old saying of Mark Twain, it ain't the things I don't know that trouble me, it's the things that I do know, right? Because I don't want to do the things I know. Um, But that's what God has given us. And we need to be loving, obedient um, children who know that they have received an unspeakably privileged, grace-filled calling in this world that is turned from God. We are God's ambassadors, God's messengers, God's arms and legs and um, life to the world. And shame on us if we draw inward and we become selfish. Can you imagine a family starving for food and one of the children is out somewhere in the market and someone gives that child a huge basket of every kind of food and fruit and meat and everything else, and the family would gather for dinner and the child would just not let anybody have it, wouldn't that be an insane situation? Of course it would be. But that's what we are to the world. If we keep what we have to ourselves, and we do keep what we have to ourselves, if we degrade it and distort it and destroy it by acting like the world. So enough for this morning's lecture. Just, uh, you say, Mother Miriam, that's, you say that you give suggestions, but they're not really suggestions. You kind of give a little lecture. I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I do the same for me. Um, it's not easy to be uh, separated from the temptations of the world. And Sunday, where we have time, where we may not have time any other day of the week. I, I'm not saying it's easy, but I think it's not a good idea. I think it's necessary. I think that's what we're called to do. No, I don't think. I know that's what we're called to do. Listen to Peter, our first pope, our first Jewish pope, and he writes in his second letter, he's writing to the Jews who are the first Christians who have been persecuted and dispersed over Asia Minor for their faith by fellow Jews who don't believe for the most part. So these are persecuted. They've been ostracized from the synagogue, from their homes, from their community. They're kind of hiding out. And Peter writes to them and he says, God's divine power has given us, us beloved, everything needed for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Thus he has given us, through these things, his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of lust and may become participants of the divine nature. This is 2,000 years ago, beloved. It's no different. It was no different then. It's no different now. And you may be tempted to say, but everybody else is doing it. I mean, we're just going to withhold happiness and joy. We're going to rob ourselves of all of that, and we're entitled to it. No, you're not, by the way. We're entitled to it, and and nobody's going to know. It's not going to make a difference. No one else is doing it. We shouldn't deprive ourselves. It's not going to help anybody. Can you imagine one word of that being from God? One sentence of being from God, one temptation, one emotion. No, no, it's the devil's talk. It is the devil's talk. And the moment you try to live for him more than you already are, 
you're going to have an enemy right there to give you reasons not to. And they're going to be pretty good reasons. He's very clever. It's not God's talk. Um, Peter says, for this very reason, you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness and godliness with mutual affection and mutual affection with love. Shall I repeat that? You can also read it in First Peter chapter, no, Second Peter chapter 1. I'm going to repeat that sentence. These are our marching orders, and one builds on the other. You must make every effort to support your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. You see, you can't do the right thing if you don't know them. And then when you know them, knowledge with self-control, you've got to have control of the Holy Spirit within you to not ignore that knowledge and do what you feel like. And self-control with endurance, because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take endurance, and endurance with godliness, and godliness with mutual affection, and mutual affection with love. It's, it's, It's almost a staircase to love. One builds on the other. And Peter says, For if these things are yours and are increasing among you, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of the clen- um, I'm sorry, I misread that. In the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For anyone who lacks these things is short-sighted and blind and is forgetful of the cleansing of past sins. Therefore, he says, brothers and sisters, be all the more eager. I don't think he says brothers and sisters. I think the uh, publishers put that in. I don't think there's a place in all of Scripture where St. Paul says brothers and sisters. He would say, therefore, brethren, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election For if you do this, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly provided to you. And he says, finally, therefore, I intend to keep on reminding you of these things, though you know them already and are established in the truth that has come to you. Many of you could teach this. Many of you know this. This is not the first time you're hearing it. You understand all these things, but you're apathetic. You don't want to live them. It's too hard. You want to love yourself. You want self-pleasure. And you don't care about souls. And you don't care about the honor of God. Now, if you're offended by what I just said, it's probably true of you. If you're not offended and you receive this message from our first pope in humility and say, yes, Lord, we love you. We want to love you more, and we want to be your witnesses in this hurting, uh, corrupted world. Then you will not be offended. 
Peter says, I think it right, as long as I am in this body to refresh your memory, since I know that my death will come soon, as indeed our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. You see? And he wrote them down. He didn't know they would become scripture when he wrote this. He didn't know they would become scripture. So, beloved, um, I, I beg you, I would urge you, I would want to encourage you to live this scripture, to live this scripture. And I invite you... We have many emails and texts to catch up on because I've been gone for three days, and we, I was back yesterday, so we we got to start on them. But um, I want to go to your calls and your emails and your texts now. But if you truly want to live this and you have such circumstances in your family that you cannot break through them, you don't know how, you can't see a way, call in. I may not have an answer either, but maybe together we could call on God and have some kind of way forward. All right. Um, so the toll-free number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, and you may text at that number as well, and email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We're going to take texts in the same order of emails, but your calls, if you're on the line, will take right away. Okay, I'm going to go now to the um, to the email and to the calls and the t- text that you've already called into the station of the cross um, and left. So let me. Um, and again, this is being live streamed by both LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross, and they've put it on face, both their Facebook pages and on Mother Miriam Live. But I say that your text and your calls and your emails come in through the Station of the Cross because they handle all the audio, and that's the way we've been doing the program for a long time now. It's all set up that way, so everything comes through the Station of the Cross, and then it is live-streamed through uh, the Facebook page of Station of the Cross and live-streamed right on LifeSite News and their Facebook page. So, blessed be God for these magnificent Catholic brothers who work together, who live to spread the truth of the gospel. We have... um, an email from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, my family and I attend a Latin parish on Sundays. However, due to the time and location, we cannot attend the daily Mass at the Latin parish. We live one minute away from a Novus Ordo parish. I would like to attend daily Mass as often as I can. However, I struggle with the lack of reverence. I worry about my two-year-old getting the wrong impression at the Novus Ordo Mass. I notice right away how my son looks at me confused because the priest is facing us. People are talking, laughing, and trying to play with him, etc. Already at such a young age, I am amazed at how he can notice things and copy them. This morning at the Novus Ordo Mass, he was already trying to copy people, lifting their hands up and trying to shake hands with people. I had to correct him 
and felt as if I were being extremely rude to others, should I still attend daily Mass or refrain from doing so? Well, oh, my dear one, that's going to be between you and God. My heart, this is a terrible conclusion, my heart says refrain from going to that parish. My heart says refrain, go on Sundays to your Latin parish now. If And again, I mean, think of the many, read the testimony of Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who didn't have a priest or mass for years, and his mother in the home raised them to be uh, deep, faithful, holy Catholics. So I would say do that. Make sure you have a time every morning with your little son to read a portion of scripture or the gospels or something. Make sure of that. But I would say don't take him to that parish. And secondly, if you could find another parish, not to not one minute away, but even ten minutes away, another Ovis, um, Novus Ordo parish, you might try that. But I would not continue to take him to the Novus Ordo parish with what you describe. I would not do that. Um, those are my thoughts. I know people are going to disagree. It's still the mass. It would still be wonderful to go, but I would not. I personally would not advise you to continue to take him there. Okay. Um, Let me see. Now, we have another email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello there, Mother. My question for you is about the Old Testament. I know the Church accepts some books as canonical that Jewish tradition does not regard as scripture, and they are called deuterocanonical, uh, which deuterocanonical means the second canon. Um, I'm confused as to why the Jewish people do not regard that as scripture, but we do. Wouldn't it make sense that we would follow the Jewish tradition and not accept that either? Can you please explain this to me? Thank you for all that you do. May God bless you. Well, the simplest that I can explain it um, is that when the Jewish people put the canon together, they eliminated seven books of the Old Testament known as the Tanakh. And the reason they eliminated it is because they did not have a Hebrew original for those books. And so um, a lot was written in Aramaic, but the originals were gone. And so when the Jewish people put their canon together, since the first Christians were Jews, uh, they wanted nothing of Scripture that wasn't Hebrew. And so those books, seven plus a couple of other sections of books, Daniel and Esther, so forth, um, they eliminated them from their canon. When our Lord uh, was on earth, he had what is called the Septuagint, um, and that was the Old Testament put together by the seven elders, Se- Septuagint. Um, and that's what Jesus had. And it had all the books, including the seven that the Jewish people took out, all the books of the Old Testament our Lord had in that Septuagint. So that was the Bible we have today was the original Catholic Bible. When, it, when the canon was put together in the 4th and 5th centuries, this was the original canon of Scripture. When Martin Luther came along 1,500 years later, he decided single-handedly 
that the Jewish people should know what they're doing. And he took the Jewish canon and removed seven-plus books from the Catholic canon that had been in the Church for 1,500 years and that was in our Lord's Septuagint. Single-handedly, Martin Luther threw those books out. And if it hadn't been for the Catholics of his time, he would have thrown out James and, and other things. Uh, but they they um, kind of forced him to put it back in the canon. Uh, he called James an epistle of straw because James says, faith without works is dead. And um, uh, Martin Luther would have nothing to do with works uh, for salvation. So it, all of that. So the again, that's why the Jewish canon lacks the seven books and what the Protestants did was copy the Jewish canon. It's deficient. It's not a complete canon. But the Septuagint is, which is the Catholic Bible today. I hope that helps. Probably sounds confusing. Um, I'm trying to think of a very good book on um, how we, I think it's simply called that, How We Got the Bible. Uh, you can look on Catholic.com, Catholic Answers website, and their shop, How We Got the Bible. And uh, that'll help. We have an email from Cynthia who says, I'm a newly professed secular Franciscan. My region wants to include the visitation of a mosque in our area. Do you think this is a good idea? Thank you. I don't know what your region means. You mean it's under, it's a Franciscan region? In other, the control of the Franciscans, which is a religious organization, which is Catholic, which would have no uh, motive or business to include a mosque. So I'm not sure what you mean by region. No, it's not a good idea. Um, I don't know who has control over what, but no, it is not a good idea. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother. May God bless you. I was wondering if you could recommend any school textbooks or teaching material for grades 1 through 8. I am trying to find out what Catholic schools were using before the core C-O-R-E curriculum was introduced, but I cannot find anything online. Is there good, solid textbooks that I can uh, use, she probably means, other than Common Core options. Any suggestions would be great. Um, You know what? You'd be better off using an old public school curriculum than Catholic Core. Even they were better. Uh, If if you cannot find, um, or you're looking for that, school textbooks, uh, look at public. Look at anything before Catholic Core. I, I I don't know why you can't find that. They're in the libraries. They're all over the place. I don't know why. Um, I cannot recommend them because I haven't been teaching in the schools. But I would think if you get a hold of some good Catholics who teach in public schools, they should be able to help you. Um, I don't know what freedom you have. If you have the freedom to bring in your own textbooks. Uh, teach your own material, I would look at a lot of the homeschooling material that's used, and it's orthodox, and it's very good. 
but you'll have to do other research. I, I cannot recommend books for you. I would think libraries have them. Look at any good uh, publisher today of school books and call them. My goodness, I, I can't imagine doing a, a search on the Internet and not finding that. I just can't imagine that. There's th- thousands of them, thousands of them. So, um, uh, my goodness, before CORE, CORE is only a few years old. You should be able to find that material. And if you can't, ask a, a good, solid Catholic public school teacher, and he or she can help you. We have an email from, uh, I'm not sure the name, um, I'm not sure what it is. It looks like AI. It could be Al in Canada. Um, it is Al, okay, A-L in Canada. Um, and Al says, thank you uh, for the work you do on your show. Sorry, a little confused here. I just started listening to your prior podcasts, including your conversion story, and they are highly illuminating. I am hoping you can address a couple of issues for me. On the latest podcast, you were saying that if we truly seek to follow God's will, then God will make itself manifest in us. I don't know about manifest in us, manifest to us. That, those are, that's a different meaning. Um, but there's the music for our first break, beloved. Let me come back to Al's email when we return from the break. And you are free to call in at this time. Our lines are wide open, one 511 5483 or email at mother at We'll be right back. Faustina's diary we read, My goal is God, and my happiness is in accomplishing His will. Learn more about St. Faustina and Divine Mercy on one of our most beloved shows. Stream episodes of Divine Mercy in My Soul right on your iCatholic Radio app, or download the podcasts at iCatholicRadio.com. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in excerpts from a prayer by St. John Chrysostom. O Lord, deprive me not of your heavenly blessings. O Lord, deliver me from eternal torment. O Lord, shield me from evil persons and devils and passions and all other lawless matters. O Lord, who knows your creation and that which you have willed for it, may your will also be fulfilled in me, a sinner, for you are blessed forevermore. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, and we have a whole half hour all to ourselves, and you are most welcome to call in with anything on your heart. It does not have to be what we're speaking about, but simply what's on your heart, Um, and we'll try to help the best we can or maybe get you a reference that you could follow through on. Our toll-free number to call or text is one 877 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We just began an email from Al in Canada, and Al says, Thank you for the work you do on your show. I just started listening to your prior podcasts, including your conversion story, and they are highly illuminating. I'm hoping you can address a couple of issues for me. And Al says, On the latest podcast, you were saying, that if we truly seek out to follow God's will, then God will make itself manifest in us. Let, I, I didn't say that and uh, in that way, which can lead to confusion. I didn't say God will make his will manifest in us. What I said was that if you um, seek God, if you desire his will above all things, including your own breath, You don't know what it is, but you're desiring it above all things. Um, uh, I I said it's not that you will uh, have his will one day or know it. It's that you're in it now, even if you don't know it. That's my point. The person who seeks God above all things, uh, you can't seek God in your heart with your very breath and be in the middle of sin at the same time. You cannot do that. You can't love God and sin at the same time. You can love him one moment and sin the next, but you can't do them together. And so if you uh, seek God, you desire his will above all things, whether you know it or not, you desire it because he's God and his ways are perfect, and you know that, and you want whatever it is above anything you want. My point is, it's not that you'll have it one day, it's that you're in it. You don't still know what it is, but God is preparing you because you're walking in his will by desiring him above all things, and you're trusting him to prepare you, continue to prepare you for that which he has. So I never said he'd make his will manifest in us. No, uh, I'm already saying you're in his will because you want his will above all things, and in time, God will show us uh, what it is. 
And then Al says, what about people who truly believe that their second marriage or their same-sex relationship is the will of God and that the church is wrong and going to change eventually? You know what, Al, they're absolutely wrong. All they have to do to know they're wrong and know they're in mortal sin is to look at the church's teaching. I'm not talking about people living according to their conscience. I'm talking about people wanting God's will above all things. And if they want a second marriage or a same-sex relationship or uh, whatever else is wrong, um, uh, and they live it, they don't want God's will at all because the church is very clear on those things. They want their own will. They want to live in sin. Um, and they think the church is wrong and it's going to change eventually. Well, they have no business being in the church because the church is perfect and holy and does not teach error. And they're not Catholic. And Al says this is also intimated by some pretty high players in the Vatican. Maybe I misunderstood your message. Please illuminate. Well, I think you did misunderstand. And I hope um, that I've just helped to clarify it. it. It's not a matter of doing whatever we feel like or what our conscience tells us. Our conscience must be informed. And um, again, if we want God's will above all, uh, we'll have it because we're already in it, even if we don't know what it is. But God is preparing us for the fullness of that. Okay? If you're in a bad marriage, you know that God's will is that you love your spouse and lay down your life for her. You know that's God's will. But my spouse this, but that. Well, you have to take those challenges up. It doesn't stop your vocation. So we know what the church's teaching is, and then we live according to that. Um, Al says the other issue is that of raising children for God. What can you say to those of us who failed miserably in this vocation? Although we always went to church on Sunday and carried through with the sacraments, we were pretty superficial due to a combination of ignorance, laziness, and unwillingness to have the difficult discussions, the kids were basically culturally indoctrinated by the world. Al, my dear brother, what you're describing is the main scene today. It is the main scene today, even among those who call themselves Catholics. Al says, now my kids are grown and living with their others and okay with fornication, abortion, and homosexuality. Only in the last two years have I become really serious about the faith. <clears throat> they get very defensive if I bring anything up and won't discuss. I have gone to confession about my failure to teach on more than one occasion, as I do not feel forgiven, although I recently learned that this is in itself sinful. Please help. Thanks, and God bless you. Al, my heart is with you on that. I tell you what, uh, whether it's children or a right marriage or other things in life, I don't think there's one of us alive, <clears throat> or if so, very, very few, that do not regret our past, decisions we've made, sins we have uh, become involved with, all of that. I think back, I'll tell you personally, I think back to my um, past, and I could die and go through a hole and go through the floor and die. 
uh, thinking about that, that I that I did those things. And was I blind and ignorant? I can't even judge now the extent to which did I know they were wrong? I don't know. People would say to me, what's your problem? You're, you're such a, you know, everyone's doing it. You can do it. It's okay, you know. I, I usually didn't buy into those things, but, but I certainly I remember the things that I did buy into. And I, I can die of shame now, and I've gone to confession also now. I've been forgiven. And if I accept God's forgiveness based on how I feel... I'm putting myself above God. I'm doubting God. If God has told me I'm forgiven through the priest, I need to get on my knees and thank him and bless him and trust him and believe it. Now my feelings, my regrets, I have to learn how to put those away and not let them take over me. I have to learn how to say, get thee behind me, Satan. I can't live on those feelings but I must receive the forgiveness of God. Okay, there's another point here you raised, Al, and we'll continue right after the break. If anyone would like to call in during the break, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. To iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Good to be with you. We have about 15 minutes left. Our phone lines are wide open, and you are welcome to call in toll-free or text at one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We've been um, uh, speaking... Uh, uh, about Al's email, Al wrote in from Canada on on several issues, but um, he uh, the the last one was what about parents who really didn't raise? They claimed to be Catholic, they went to church, but uh, they really didn't. Uh, they let the world indoctrinate the children. So, first of all, Al, I would say to you, give God thanks. Don't doubt Him. Give Him. Th- you don't feel forgiven, but you're not forgiven, my dear brother, based on your feelings. You're forgiven based on the love and the mercy and the promise of God that if we confess our sins, he is faithful uh, to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you went to confession through a priest. You need to receive and accept that you are forgiven. And you say, but I don't feel forgiven. Um you're wrapped up in yourself and your regrets for the things you've done. It's very understandable, but you've got to rise above it if you're going to ever be able to be strong and help your children. You have to say, Lord, I'm ashamed of this. I'm so sorry. And the fact that you've forgiven me is almost too wonderful to believe. Help me to use the energy that I would use to put myself down or, or regret the, live in regret. Help me to use that energy to go forward and to offer sacrifices for my children. And what I would say, Al, is that all of us, we, have, we can't reverse things. We have the consequence of our choices. God is very merciful, and he works all things to good for those who love him, not for everybody, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If in the last two years he's brought you back to a strong and holy faith, what I would do, dear one, is live the faith with sacrifices for your children every day and go to them, and maybe you've gone to them this way, but I would sit them down and say, there's no way for me to apologize to you enough for failing you in my vocation as your dad. I have failed you. I have not brought you up in the faith. I brought you up in hypocrisy. We go to church, and we live as if there's no God. I've let the world form you, and I don't blame you in the least, but it's my failure. And now that I, God, through his grace, has brought me back to the true faith and I'm beginning to understand and love what, what I didn't uh, all this time, um, the first thing is simply uh, ask you to forgive me. And you, you really don't even know what your loss is because you've never really, really had the faith. But um, uh, if you will ever allow me, I would love to talk to you about it at any point or give you a book to read or something or a film or something like that. Um, I would love you to know not just for your uh, happiness, but really for your souls, for your salvation. So 
I don't know how else to approach it, dear Al. Trust God. Trust God. <clears throat> and our mother, that they can reverse an awful situation. We have an email from um, someone who writes, Dear Mother, I'm very confused that Father James Martin, instead of being discouraged, is being welcomed at Catholic universities. Well, I tell you what, he doesn't need to be discouraged. He needs to be, um, uh, oh my, laicized. He needs to not be a priest, period. And this person says, secondly, there seems to be no accountability for bishops and priests for their sexual misconduct. And that's right. Shamefully for us, for the Catholic Church, it is now uh, secular attorney generals that are dealing with our dirty laundry and putting people in jail because we have not taken care of our own family and business. Thirdly, I am truly confused at the attitudes of the Holy Father and where he is leading our church. It appears to me that we are headed in the direction of communism. And then this person says, please say this is not so. I wish I could, but it appears that way to me too. Socialism. Uh, it appears that way. Absolutely, it does. I wish it were not the case. It does appear that way. And that's why I've been begging everyone every day. We need to live as if it's true. We need to live uh, if it's true, we don't go anyplace on Sundays. We get the family together. We go to a park and have a picnic. Um, not to an amusement park where we have to, people need salaries. We, we are part of them earning that on a Sunday. Go to a park. Uh, don't go to a movie because what's wrong with a family going to a movie on a Sunday? We're making other people work. We're not making them work. They're choosing it. We can be part of the theater closing down. You see, if we care about souls, we'll, we'll do what is right. If we care about the church being led in the direction of socialism, communism, uh, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? We're going to live holy. It's the only answer, beloved, to our living a holy life, one life at a time. That is how the world was changed when our Lord came on the scene, one life at a time, who gave their all to Jesus, and it spread to us 2,000 years later. We have a text uh, from Joseph who says, Dear Mother, how can I share the truth about sacred music with those who do not know it? I want to share with them why contemporary music and charismatic music is inappropriate for Mass. But, but I want to be charitable and not too blunt. I am afraid if I am too harsh, they will pass me off as some crazy traditional Catholic. Indeed, they will, Joseph. Um, uh, there are good writings on the Internet on sacred music. I'm looking at one site. It's music, Musica Sacra, M-U-S-I-C-A-C-A-R-A. -A -A. That's Latin for sacred music. MusicaSacra.com. And they have an article, Criteria for Choosing Hymns for Mass. There's another one uh, by uh, liturgydow.org. Liturgy? L-I-T-U-R-G-Y-D-O-W dot org. 
and its guidelines for music within the Mass. Um, uh, lots of articles here. I, I think it was, um, I, I want to say it was Pope Benedict who wrote an encyclical on music for Mass. Um, but if you put in Pope Benedict and music for Mass, you might come up with something. Or I don't know that John Paul II wrote that, but I think Pope Benedict did. And um, look at uh, the the Apostolate of Adoramus, A-D-O-R-A-M-U-S, uh, newspaper. Uh, wonderful, wonderful articles on uh, music appropriate for Mass. And you could bring it to them, and you could say, you know, you're all talented. I know you serve us with all your heart, and more than that, you're serving God. But um, if you if you knew that some of the music, and the instruments, and all of that were countering your desire to glorify God, would you want to know that? You know, have some articles and say, I'm not the expert on this, but. It's been very difficult for me with much of the music, and I know I'm not alone. Um, would you uh, be gracious enough to read these papers and, and, and see what the church itself teaches? Okay. We have a text from Edmund who writes, Mother, do you feel that in the modern church there is too little importance placed on the person of God the Father? Hold on a moment. Um, Edmund goes on to say, it seems to me that catechesis tends toward focusing on the Son far more than the Father. The charismatic movement within the Church seems to focus much more on the person of the Spirit. Are we forgetting the power, glory, and omnipotence of the person of the Father? The prayers in the Mass are very much focused on the Father. But does the average Catholic know that? Probably not, Edmund. Probably not. And I, 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 I agree with you. Edmund says, I think we could learn a lot from our Eastern Rite fellow Catholics in this regard. They do not minimize the Son or the Spirit, but they give the Father his due. Edmund, I agree with you 100%. 100%. He says the Eastern Rites also focus more on the ultimate power and glory of God and less on what I call lovey-dovey stuff. That's right. You're right again. That is to say, there is a tendency to think of Jesus as a loving brother more than a king. Awesome to behold. I would love to hear your thoughts on these topics. Simply, Edwin, I absolutely agree with you. Um, uh, the Eastern Church... Um, the Catholic Byzantine, uh, truly Catholic, truly Orthodox, um, is for me the most reverent experience I've had, even beyond the Latin Mass. It is the it is the closest to the synagogue. The holy place is behind the screens. You don't have altar service up there. You don't have well, you have the proper, but you don't have lay people is what I mean. You don't have lay po people walking across. Uh, you don't have lay people in there distributing communion. You don't have any of that. It is extremely reverent. And you're right. Um, 
they hold God the Father very prominently. I remember their liturgy. It's the liturgy of St. John Christopson. Christopson. Um, and uh, they're holies. Holy, holy, holy. And they chant it, and it's magnificent. So, Edmund, I absolutely agree with you. Um, the Latin Mass um, it really is gives more reverence than anything else in the in the Latin Church uh, that I have experienced, um, and I, I agree that it, it, we could never stop being reverent enough, and more attention should be given to the Father without reducing attention on the Son. I'll tell you what, the Son. I believe, is to be the focus because he is our salvation, not apart from the Father and the Spirit, but his name, Jesus, means salvation. He was sent by the Father and the Spirit, and it is the Spirit's job to point a spotlight on the Son, not on himself. The Spirit should not be our focus, and yet we need to, he's the third person of the Blessed Trinity, he is God. We need to know all about the Spirit. We need to pray to him, there's no question. But his number one job is to point to the Son, and God the Father also gave the Son. And so the Lord Jesus, to be the center, as he is the second person of the Blessed Trinity, and uh, died for us and made salvation possible, for him to be the focus, um, I, I, I would agree with that. But to lessen the Father and the Spirit, never. And to keep the Father um, uh, as an overall thought in the background, uh, no, absolutely not. I, I agree with you. Um, so uh, if any one of you, I think we're out of emails. Um, if any one of you... Um, um, have attended an Eastern Rite Church, um, and it's not a modern Eastern Rite, Eastern Rite Church because I've gone to modern Eastern Rite churches, um, and they are reformed. the The holiness is no longer there; it's it's hardly there at all, um, and so it it grieves me much that they that. Every synagogues, Jewish synagogues, everyone, we're just giving up, falling into the world, and we should be doing the reverse. We should be increasing our reverence, increasing reverence at the Latin Mass. I see women at the Latin parish that we go to, um, irreverently dressed, high clothing, bare shoulders, short skirts, uh, awful, sloppy, um, it, it's, it grieves me. It utterly grieves me. Um, you, you'd almost wonder where the faith is. So we have to keep striving for holiness, striving to know our faith more and more, striving to live what God has shown us because what he has shown us we're accountable for. If he shows us our faults, it's a gift, beloved, so that we can improve and overcome that and be holy as he is holy. God bless you, and we'll speak with you in the morning. <laughs>